Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach. It's my honor to serve here with David and Tim Barton. Of course, you know David as America's premier historian, and and I think probably uh, more information in that little head of his. Yeah, I said little head, but that brain that is in that head, I mean, it's unbelievable. I love getting to work with this guy and just constantly learn something new about the Founding Fathers, about history, about World War II, for goodness sakes. I mean, just an incredible, incredible presentation I got to watch him give just last week in my new hometown of Fredericksburg, Texas, and uh, he just blew it away. It, it, it was absolutely amazing and debunked so much of the junk that is being taught in schools all over America now that America was somehow the bad guy in, in World War II and Iwo Jima and all this crazy stuff. Anyway, David Barton, America's premier historian and uh, and absolutely a privilege to get to learn from him every day. And Tim Barton as well. I'm telling you, he's uh, the mini-me and, uh, and, and, and frankly just uh, takes it up a notch even from David especially in uh, in live presentations. Highly recommend you have Tim in to speak for you. Check him out at our website. He's, of course, our, our president, and he's a national speaker and pastor. And uh, what a privilege to be with these guys. Anyway, check it out at uh, wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com. You can learn more about all three of us, and you can listen to some of the programs from the last few weeks and months. So it's a great way to get engaged and a great way to share with your friends and family, too. This is a force multiplier situation where you not only should listen, you should become a force multiplier by sharing the programs with everybody that you know. David and Tim, it's Good News Friday. Looking forward to it. Let's dive into our first piece of good news. David? Okay, Rick. What I've got first is some good news, but it also goes with some programs we've had in the last several years that deal with this topic. And so it's good news with maybe some kind of caveats and, and thoughts and questions to go with it. And you guys can jump in on this, but we've seen a lot um, in the last several weeks, three to four weeks, over what are being called revivals at these Christian colleges and campuses. Uh, we saw, I mean, the, the stuff that, that happened back at Asbury, uh, the day after it happened, it wasn't 24 hours old. And I was in Washington, D.C., and one of the guys who's really close, he said, look at this. And he showed me the, the text he had. And he said, this has been going since last night. This is, you know, nearly 24 hours. And then it went days and days and, and two weeks and et cetera. And so it really took off. And then we saw Samford and we saw all these other Christian schools that start jumping in as well. And, and these kids are, are, I mean, really wanting to see God. We're seeing people literally come come to Jesus, not a come to Jesus moment per se, but I mean, literally coming to Jesus and know him as Savior. Uh, we've seen uh, what, what I think what I like best about what I've seen with all these revivals is the emphasis on God's word. You know, these kids are standing up in Asbury and say, hey, let, let's see what God says about this. Let's read his word. And, and these are the kids. These are not instructors and the adults. These are the kids that are getting into God's word. And so this is some of the healthiest stuff that I've seen in, in really a long time. Well, and, and Dad, you know, as you mentioned, we, we've seen this now spreading across college campuses all over the U.S. Uh, I, I know Asbury, I think it was this week that they determined they had to get back to their uh, normal class schedule. Uh, and so they said, just for the sake of of the collegiate experience or classes, whatever else, I, I don't know what all the reasoning they gave. They said, we got to get back to the schedule, uh, which on some level makes sense. But what's, what is so cool is that move of God has not been limited to that Asbury campus, and and even, obviously, we know God's not done with what he's doing there, 
Um, nonetheless, Dad, to your point, this is something that, although there's a lot of a lot of critics, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks, there's a lot of people trying to to analyze and evaluate is this theologically good or biblical, and and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of naysayers, which you know, that, on kind of a separate note, but very much a parallel, you know. Even for Jesus' ministry, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, evaluating, criticizing, uh, you know, let's say, can anything good come out of Nazareth, et cetera. And so whether this was completely done perfectly or had all kinds of issues, people are going to criticize it either way. But what what is very clear is that God is doing something, and God is doing something in the next generation of these young people, of these leaders, and it's happening all over the nation. And then to add to your point, where, you know, we've seen – We've seen some uh, emotional kind of movements at times where people uh, really focus on the feeling aspect, whereas there's definitely some some finger pointers and some of what we're seeing now where people are, are actually saying, let's get back to, to seeing what the Bible says and being more biblical, which is a great thing to be the outcome of this move of God in multiple campuses. You know, and Tim, you mentioned earlier with Asp, and by the way, Another thing to throw out is we're seeing this week that this is also breaking out in a lot of Christian high schools. And so Christian high schools, kids are starting to say, hey, let's get into God's word. Let's seek God. Let's, and again, kids are coming to Christ. It's a really good time. And we've talked about, we, we've had programs before. And what does a revival look like? Because we've had plenty of them in history. And there's always a, a side of revival where people want to kind of stomp it out and say, okay, we're done with that. That's okay. We had that for a while. And, and that was my concern at Asbury, and who knows what was going on. But, you know, when the when the prof set, stepped in and said, okay, we've done this for enough now, let's go back to classes. No, no, no. What, what makes you think classes are going to have a, a greater spiritual impact than what those kids are doing and what's happening with those kids? And, and so kind of my tag on with this, there's two thoughts I've got that I think would be really helpful. One is this new movie out, Jesus Revolution. That's a movie that everybody ought to see who's thinking about this revival now. Because when Jesus Revolution came out, and this was 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, I lived through that. Those literally were my people. And and in the movie, you see that there's a lot of critics. And a lot of people say, no, 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 this is not what we do at church. This is not what church is all about. And that happened then, but it's happening now, too. So here it is in 72, and I'll point out, that, that spiritual movement in 72, the hippie movement had been going for a long time. But this was starting to get hippies saved and brought to Jesus. And a lot of those hippies that got saved and came to Jesus became significant pastors. Uh, at the end of the movie, one of those pastors speaks. And he's, he's one of the most notable pastors in the nation right now. But as that was going on, I thought, okay, that's right. That's exactly what those people did. There was a lot of resistance. But at the same time, by the time you get to 72, 250,000 of those kids gathered in Dallas for Explo 72. Billy Graham, keynote speaker. I mean, this literally transformed the country. And there was a lot of people saying, no, 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 we're, we're not going to do this. And the other thing we talked about with revivals is there's always a tendency to say, wait a minute. And, and, and Jesus talks about this new wineskin and the old wineskin. That's not the way we've done this before. This is not what we're used to. This is not what happens at church. Let's not do this. We're uncomfortable with this. Hey, that's part of revivals. What Whitfield was doing with outside meetings and, and different manifestations that people thought were crazy at the time. I mean, this is the stuff to turn it around. So that's that's the other thought I have. And the one I'd throw out past that is, look, you got all these kids coming to Jesus, and that's good. But a real problem with Christianity is coming to Jesus and stopping there. 
There needs to be biblical teaching and discipleship. Jesus told us to make disciples, not converts. And it's really good that these kids' hearts are getting turned to Jesus. But there needs to be people that take them under wing and, and just mentor them and, and say, hey, let's let's memorize Bible verses together. Hey, let, let's let's see what God says about this. And you're not trying to build them in your image. You're trying to build them in God's image, which means you need to get in God's word and learn God's word with them. So I, I just see some good stuff here that could be really, really long-lasting good for the nation if the rest of us will pick up with this. Maybe you haven't been to Asbury or, or Samford or all these other colleges or, and schools where it's happening. You can still be part of it. You, you find some of those kids like you're going to see in the movie if you go see Jesus Revolution, Chuck Smith. What Chuck Smith did to help mentor uh, Lonnie Frisbee and, and others. It's just significant stuff. So that's a good movie to see. I love what's happening but don't try to squash this and, and put it out just because you're not comfortable with it. And find someone that you can take and disciple and mentor. I think this has got great, great, great potential for America. All right, Tim, what's your first piece of good news today? All right, guys. Well, my piece of good news follows very closely with what we just talked about. Uh, the title of the article says, Christian filmmaker John Irwin makes history, becomes first director to receive four A-plus cinema scores. Now, as we just mentioned, the Jesus Revolution, that film, Dad, I, I know you and, and Mom uh, had a date night. Y'all went and saw it. Uh, th this is something I'm actually very excited about going hopefully next week to be able to go see it. Um, everybody that I know that has seen it has just spoken so highly of it. Well, maybe then not super surprising that John Irwin, uh, the filmmaker behind this, got an A-plus cinema score for this. And just so everybody knows some of the other films he's done, uh, and, and really he and his brother Andrew have done together, but they did Woodlawn, they did I Can Only Imagine, and they did American Underdog. And all three of those received A-plus cinema scores. Only three directors in filmmaking history have earned three A-plus scores. Now, Dan Rick, if, if we were going to guess... Who, who maybe are the three directors who have received these A-plus scores? Uh, do, do, you, do you have a, a venture of a guess of maybe who one of them might be? So I immediately think of, of more recent people like Ridley Scott or Christopher Nolan, those kind of people. But, you know, I'm a Star Wars. I'm a child of the 80s. So did George Lucas make it? Is he even, is he even in the list? And then Spielberg, of course. I mean, what about, you know, uh, all, the, all the Harrison Ford movies? I don't know. Who'd we, who'd we end up with? Okay, if you're asking me who are great directors in history, I would say Spielberg. You got to put Steven Spielberg in there. Um, you know, no, all the movies. No, let me did. stop you because that, that was one of the first names I thought of. He has only had two movies that got A plus rankings oh, wow. or A plus scores. And, and they, they actually weren't even the ones that I necessarily thought they might have been. Uh, it was E.T. and Schindler's List were the two he had that had A plus rankings. Now, hey, Rick, I, I knew you would pick Spielberg as well. So I, I kind of guess that's where you were going to go. Uh, any other guesses? Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, of really good films where the same guy's been behind four really good films or three really good films. And so, so yeah, three. Because this is the Irwins are the, the, the Irwins are the first one to ever get four of these, and, and specifically, uh, they say it's John Irwin, but John works with his brother Andrew on these, so I, I kind of put them together. So the other two, number one is Alex Kendrick, who is the Christian filmmaker from Georgia, and he received A-plus for Overcomer, for War Room, and for Courageous. 
The second individual to receive three A-plus ratings was Rob Reiner, who did The Princess Bride, oh, When wow. Harry Met Sally, and A Few sure. Good Men. And th- th- Rob Reiner's not the name I instantly thought of, uh, but when I saw the movies, I thought, okay, I can see that. But then the third are, are now the Irwin brothers. But guys, here's what's crazy and amazing to me. Two of the top three of all time are individuals making Christian films. And, and, and certainly the Kendrick brothers, their films are like explicitly, obviously Christian. When you look at the Irwins, they're telling a, a powerful story that doesn't necessarily have uh, the, the same direct implications of a spiritual idea that that Alex Kendrick or the Kendrick brothers would maybe put in their films, which not to diminish either one. I love both of them and what they are trying to do. But but this is so fascinating and so awesome to me that when, when the Jesus Revolution film was coming out, people thought, right, this is it's going to be OK. It's not it's not going to be that great or special. And it came out and it is just crushing things at the box office that most people didn't see coming. It gets this A-plus rating, which now gives the Irwin brothers the top of any producers to have A-plus or any filmmaker to have these A-plus ratings. It is just really impressive. And I'll point out, this is not an award that's given by the, the board of directors at First Baptist Church or King Street Presbyterian. This is a secular organization that goes back for decades and decades and the way they, they do this is when moviegoers leave the theater, they rate these movies. You just saw a movie. What'd you think about the movie you just saw? And, and that means that people are, as you said, Tim, not only is the box office crushing it, but that means the reviews of people walking out of the theater, they're super high reviews. And, and I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Princess Bride <laughs> made, made the list in there somewhere. So. Princess Bride, but my goodness, Rob Reiner and Spielberg and, and now Kendricks and Irwins have surpassed that. That tells you something about where people are in America. And, and it does tell you something, too, about where the hunger is. It's, it's one of the things that when the Kendrick brothers started making some of their films years ago, it, it was it was so powerful. I remember Flywheel, I think, was their first one, but then they came up facing the Giants. And I remember that you had NCAA Division I coaches, like major coaches from some significant universities taking their players, their whole team, to go see Facing the Giants. And I love Facing the Giants. But looking back, you definitely can see, okay, you know, it's not as high of a level of a film as some of the others the Kendrick Brothers have done since then. But, but the Kendrick Brothers really did something that resonated with the American people. And it was a niche that was missing. And we've talked about this a lot where it, every time Hollywood does a, a, a well-produced, family-friendly, faith-positive film, it does incredible at the box office. And this is yet another example, but really kudos to the Irwin brothers for getting this award and this achievement. This, this really is some good news. All right, fellas, hang on. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Good News Friday on Wall Builders. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. 
Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders, 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. Welcome back to Wallbuilders. Thanks for staying with us. We've got to get into some more good news today. We're not ever going to get to all of it, so make sure you check it out at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. Look in the archive section there for some of those past Friday programs. David, let's dive back in. What's the next piece of good news? Okay, guys, I've got one that's really good news, but it's, boy, it's wrapped around some tragic stories. Um, so I, I'll just read the headlines on this. It says, Teen Seuss Hospital and Physicians over coercing her into medical mutilation via gender transitioning. Now, this is a lawsuit filed against doctors and really the hospitals because this girl who, you know, had gender kind of questions, they said, oh, man, if you don't if you don't do something, if you got these questions. If you don't transition to being a boy, you're going to commit suicide. You'll never be able to live with yourself. This is a permanent thing that you'll never be able to get over. And we know all the stuff now that generally most young people who go through this come out of it. If just given a little bit of counsel and support, it's it's a kind of a temporary questioning. And so she's pointing out now, here I am. I'm much older now. I'm four to five years older. And I now realize that I can't go back on this stuff. And what they told me I never went through suicide. I never went through that thought. I never went through those those options. That never happened. And so it's I love the fact that this is an attempt at accountability. You guys have been telling us medical lies that weren't true. You had a political agenda, and you used medicine to help do your political agenda. This is part of the woke stuff, and bad ideas have bad consequences. And we've known that. But I love the fact that this may start slowing things down. If, for example, she comes out with a sizable judgment here, you just watch the universities and you watch the medical centers and you watch the doctors start shutting their mouth, even if they are woke. And I don't, I'm not saying the suppression of, of free speech is what we're after, but shutting their mouth because they're giving their opinions as, as if it is medical science and it's hurting people. And you can't do that. You can't do that COVID. You can't do it with anything else. You need to follow the science, not follow your philosophy. So that's one story going right with it. Here's one that says parents file a $15 million lawsuit against an abortion clinic for doing a secret abortion on their daughter. So here you have school officials and others saying, hey, you need an abortion. And even though there's parental consent, we can get around that. We can take you. You can get an abortion. And you really need one. This is going to ruin your life if you don't have this abortion. And your parents don't need to know. Well, here are the parents that say, Wait a minute. And, and the girl saying, I, I was just confused at the time. I, I didn't want to lose the, the child. And, and so a $15 million lawsuit against an abortion clinic for violating parental consent laws and doing that abortion on a minor. And, and then here's another one on a school district is forced to pay $100,000 after silencing concerned parents. So at school board meetings, parents are raising questions saying, wait a minute, this, this is not this is not a good thing. Uh, and, and there was a group at the school board called Mama Bears, and they're looking out for their kids. And the school board said, hey, you guys, you, you can't speak. You, you, we don't want your opinions. We don't want your." And so they went after the school district and got 100000 So these are all tragic stories, no question about it. But I love the fact that they're starting to go for accountability. 
You need to be responsible for what you say and what you do. And if it causes harm and causes injury, there are consequences of that. You can't just throw out woke ideas, and if they hurt someone, well, that's just the way it is. I'm onto another idea now. So, again, tragic stories, but very, very, very good that people are starting to say you need to be accountable for all that irresponsible stuff you did, and hopefully this will save tens of thousands of other teens and and parents and others from going through the same kind of tragedy that we've seen here. All right, Tim, where are we going with our next piece of good news? All right, guys. Well, this one is one coming from Texas, and specifically that the, the title of the article says University of Texas pauses new DEI policies. And DEI, probably most of you listening already know, but just in case, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is something that just like we've seen over the last couple of years, the growth of the 1619 Project, how it's infiltrated into school systems and how critical race theory is infiltrating the school systems. There's a lot of Marxist ideology that's permeating more and more culture. And DEI is one of those Marxist ideologies. And, and it's getting into now, obviously, universities getting into corporate where they're saying that we need to hire people based on diversity quotas, based on equity quotas, based on inclusion quotas. We, we have to hire not based on meritocracy, not based on who's the most talented, the most skilled, or, or even at universities. We, we, when we're looking at who we're going to allow to come to the university, we, we shouldn't just look at how someone achieves or what their high school record was or, or how they performed on the ACT or SAT. We should look at what gender they are and what color their skin is and what group they associate with. That is part of the DEI. And the good news about this, not only the title identifies that the University of Texas pauses this new DEI policy, but to go even further, earlier this month, you, and actually I'm saying that I think it actually was in February, so just a few days past that, but earlier in February, the chief of staff for Governor Greg Abbott, his name is Gardner Pate, he sent a letter to all Texas state agencies and public universities And he informed them that when a state agency adjusts its employment practices on factors other than merit, it's not following the law. So for the University of Texas or any university to say, well, we're going to hire professors, right? Not based on their ability, not based on their skill, not based on whatever kind of background, PhD degree, whatever else. But when we're hiring someone based on, right, their gender, based on the color of their skin, whatever it is, and this DEI kind of measuring stick they're using, well, that's against the law. You should be looking at merit, not these other factors. And where I think is also some really good news about this is the article highlights the pushback came after Texas legislators got involved when they saw some of this going on, specifically University of Texas, not the only place, but they saw it happening there. And, you know, guys, we've seen with the University of Texas before, where they had some some policies, whether it be not allowing any students or faculty to carry a gun on campus. And then that policy was changed for, for all public universities in Texas, that, that students and faculty are allowed to maintain their Second Amendment right on campus. And that was because state legislators got involved. And as much, guys, as we have at times criticized uh, Governor Abbott, rightfully so, for some of the things that have happened, and, and as much as we've looked at some of the state legislators in Texas and, and justly criticize some of their lack of action and activity. This is one of the areas where we have seen some good things coming out of state legislators. And of course, we we have a lot of good friends in the Texas state legislature who are doing a great job, who are champions, who are fighting to promote uh, both biblical constitutional principles and values. And that's, that's a great thing. But this is something 
that really is encouraging. Also, in the midst of this, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, he also announced that uh, banning discriminatory DEI policies in higher education is among his 30 priorities for the legislative session. And of course, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick will be the one who is helping lead the Texas Senate. And they probably have about half their session left. But the fact that they are prioritizing this is really good news. Hopefully, this is something that will, will spread throughout all 50 states. But at least here in Texas, this is a piece of good news from Texas, that the state of Texas is informing all agencies and all universities, all public universities in the state of Texas, that they are not allowed to use DEI when it comes to their evaluation, their hiring process. And that is good news. And David, you've got the last piece of good news for today, brother. Where are we headed? My last piece of good news for today actually is kind of a correction to a story that's taken off, particularly in the conservative community. Back for the National March of Life in Washington, D.C., there was a, a group of, of Catholic kids that went into um, the Smithsonian Museum, and they were wearing the hats that identified that group so they could find each other. And, and those hats said things like, life always wins and life is a human right. They were a pro-life group from a Catholic school, and they were there for the March for Life. And there was uh, security folks inside the Smithsonian said, oh, no, no, you, you can't have that in here. You, you can't come in here with a political message like that. And so what has happened over the last two to three weeks, we've seen this thing blow up into all sorts of conservative media just pounding on the, the Smithsonian. How dare they? And, and I've got to say on their behalf, I saw on the day it happened, the supervisors went and grabbed those security people and said, no, 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 you can't do this. We have free speech. My goodness, the National Archives is where we have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And that's what the director pointed out. He said, wait a minute, this is this is where we protect free speech, the document that gave us that. And so the director of the National Archives at that time took the officers aside and went to the group and said, hey, this is you can wear those shirts. You can wear those hats. So of all the different museums in Washington, D.C., and I think there's 16 different Smithsonian's in Washington, D.C., Kudos to the director of the National Archives for doing the right thing. And I know that conservative media has really blown this up and made a big deal out of it. But they did the right thing. I mean, instantly, just they took that guy aside, the officers aside and took the kids aside. And, and so now, you know, it's been national media and they're going to give the kids a special private tour of the National Archives, which is super cool, by the way. Uh, but just kudos to the National Archives for doing the right thing with these kids. And, and I, I regret that they've, <laughs> they, they've been beat up, but I bet they never have another guard that does this again after what they've gone through now. All right, folks, we're out of time for today. Thanks so much for listening to Good News Friday. You've been listening to Wobble. We stand undivided.